Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Multiple people in my family, including my father, are veterans. Troops that have been to war and now they're back. And Think and be grateful for their service. Sacrifice, love for their country, just unselfishness. All that they do for us. There are some people in this country who take extraordinary steps to provide for their freedom and security. We forget that those people exist. We know them as the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard. They call themselves soldiers. Seals, Rangers, Airmen, Sailors, Devil Dogs, and so much more. We call them fathers, brothers, sons and husbands, mothers, daughters, sisters and wives. We call them friend and neighbor. These veterans answered the call. Now, we answer theirs. They are the best our country has to offer, and we love them. Today, we honor them, and we serve them. David Malsby is your host, and he welcomes you to this community of veterans, as together we are building The Road to Hope. Welcome in on this Sunday evening. Hope you are having a wonderful weekend. We have... uh, Got a studio full. We'll go around the room here in a minute now. Everybody introduce yourself. Do you want to say very quickly a great big thank you to our friend Russell Labara, Jimmy Chongas for sponsoring this show, allowing us the opportunity to spend an hour with you on Sunday. If you are listening live to KPRC nine five zero AM here in Houston, or perhaps you listen to the podcast through iHeartRadio app. Let's look for uh, KPRC. Actually, on if you're looking for the podcast other than Sunday evening, you will look for Road to Hope Radio on iHeart Radio app, and you can see, uh, man, probably 30 or 40 shows are on there right now over a wide variety of subjects, uh, some nonsense, tomfoolery and such, some very serious subjects. We try to do a little bit of both in the course of a show. But uh, thank you for joining us. Another way for you to follow us is on Facebook. Look for Road to Hope Radio on Facebook. Road to Hope Radio on Facebook. Also, Twitter, we are PTSD USA. That's the official Twitter for the PTSD Foundation of America Camp Hope. PTSD USA. All right, so real quickly, let's uh, let's go around the room. Let everybody know who's with us. Of course, Sam. Good to How see you, Sam. Doing? Did you have a good week? I did, I did. By the way, we have to say congratulations to the gentleman who's not with us today, Mr. Ramon Robles. Oh, yeah. This Sunday afternoon, probably taking a little siesta. Uh, brand new child in his home. So I guess he's on maternity leave. Is that what you call it? Uh, yes, he or is. He's definitely. on maternity leave. So good for him. Very happy for he and for his family. All is well there and very thankful for that. So Sam's here. David, introduce yourself. Uh, yes, I'm David Gordy, and I'm the managing director of PTSD Foundation, uh, Arkansas chapter. All right, and you were Army? 
Yes, as U.S. Army Infantry. When? And when? when? He's uh, a leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. August uh, 2001 to August 2005. Deployed. And deployed to Iraq January 04 to February 05. All right. My name is Ed Sainert, uh, resident at Camp Hope, uh, U.S. Army. Served uh, 2005-2012. Uh, have three combat tours, uh, two to Iraq and one to Afghanistan. Um, glad to be here. We're glad you're here. And you're from LaPorte? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Yes, sir. All right, very cool. And living at Camp Hope right now? Absolutely. Been there how long? I've been here a little over three months. Okay. So we, we might get into that just a little bit. David's, uh, as he mentioned, managing director at our chapter in Arkansas, which is a good opportunity for us to remind folks listening. We have chapters in multiple cities across the country, including uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas. <laughs> Not the most famous. But what, there's what, a lot. Where is Jonesboro, It's Arkansas. crazy, though, how much, how many vets you guys run across and how many, you know, unfortunately – uh, suicides uh, in that area in Arkansas the last couple of years, at least, that I'm aware of. Yeah, we uh, we actually have several, right around Jonesboro, we have several National Guard units, and so there's several hundred veterans that we reach out to. And, uh, you know, you speak to the suicide. Just at the end of uh, 2017, there were three uh, veteran suicides in a 24-day span. And uh, two of them were really close to home, and touch some people that I knew and uh you know so that's why why we keep doing what we're doing and sp- trying to spread our word right and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more we don't want to dwell on the negative part but we you have to state it for people to understand why we do what we do uh in trying to prevent it but uh, I know recently uh Fort Bliss has been hit very hard yeah uh with suicides uh on base or on post also uh, man, in the last month, just the number of veterans that I personally have heard about, um, some Marines, a, Marine, a couple of different Marines up in Dallas. Yeah, it's no uh, good. Yeah, just uh, the the stories seem to be uh, overwhelming in numbers of the last month. And, of course, it's, it's every everyone you hear about is a gut punch when, right. you, when you hear about it, particularly when they're so close and you never had the opportunity to meet them. And a lot of that's on them. They don't want to be met. They don't want to, you know, admit they need help and, you know, all the stuff that's going on in their brains. But let's talk a little bit about what you are doing proactively in the area. I know you've spoken at the university a couple times. You've got outreaches that are going really well. I know we worked uh, on a veteran that was talking suicide. I don't remember how long ago that was, four or five months ago maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're, you've been very proactive in that. So t- tell folks a little bit about what, what are you doing in your chapter to reach out? Well, we're doing a lot of different things. Uh, we've done two speeches at Arkansas State that you've mentioned. Uh, we're working closely with the VA in Little Rock and the VA in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Uh, and there, are, you know, we do get veterans that are in their catchment area for Poplar Bluff, uh, mostly northern Arkansas. And uh, we we got two warrior groups that we're running in Jonesboro one Monday afternoons, uh, and then our Thursday evening group as well. And then now, last year we expanded in Arkansas. We got a group going in Searcy, uh, and trying to, you know, grow, grow across the state and make all the connections that we can. And we, you know, we also receive calls from across the state and gary and i like to say uh you know we'll go anywhere in the state that we have to to help a veteran it doesn't matter you know we're in jonesboro but if we have to go to el dorado texarkana 
whatever it is, we may not be able to be there instantly, but we're on the way for sure. Indeed. In fact, we get through our website a lot of uh, folks that go on do the self-assessment for PTSD. And if they give a location uh, in the state of Arkansas at all, they go straight to you. Uh, and again, it may not be anywhere near Jonesboro, but if it's in the state of Arkansas, we're just sending it straight to you and letting you handle that. Sam handles all the the areas across the country where we don't currently have a chapter to cover that. But if it's in the state of Arkansas anywhere, we send it right to you. <laughs> we appreciate you following that. Sam really appreciates it. I do. Because he gets a lot of those. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I get all of them and I go over all of them and I make contact with every person and through those I've actually been able to make some connections you know on the other side of the state from us and uh, Fort Smith and Fayetteville uh, I do have connections there so a lot of the times you know we can't get there or if we don't get an answer back I'll just let them know hey we got an email with a assessment and you know be on the lookout maybe we need some help in the future for this guy so I definitely let those guys know what's going on as well and right. I and uh, the guy from Fayetteville, I think, was actually a, a resident at Camp Hope. Um, and so he kind of knows what's going on and just haven't been able to get to that side of the state yet to s- and establish a group there. So Fayetteville, that's pretty close to Bentonville, right? Yes, yes. Uh, ex- almost the exact same area. And we, we, we were asking earlier, you know, what, what Arkansas is known for, what kind of food they're known for. But I, I do know that they're known for for walmart well he failed yeah he if he failed he did fail it was so let's let's try again on air this time so what (laughs) food is arkansas known for uh duck hunting ducks (laughs) ducks would be the food food, okay much better this time would be the answer he tried to claim he tried to not barbecue yeah he tried to claim barbecue and mexican food and said do you know where you're at yeah (laughs) you're gonna claim arkansas that's what we know Arkansas. I'm not no, from Texas. No, trust no, me, you yes. do not know if you no. if you think that's Mexican food. No, you've got to go to Jimmy Chong's as well. You're but here. they do have Walmart there. Uh huh. Yeah. Birthplace of Walmart, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I have been to that five and nine. It's you guys are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Walmart if I only absolutely have to. Yes. Like, what do I have to do? Is there no <laughs> other like place? Going back into a war yeah, zone. Is there no other place I can get this? There's got to be someplace else I can go buy a toothbrush besides Walmart. But, but good things going on in Arkansas for Indeed. sure. Indeed, uh, and we'll get back to a little bit of that. I do want to mention we've already addressed or spoken of the PTSD assessment. You can find that online at our website, ptsdusa.org. It's, uh, I believe the tab is Get Help, drop down menu, click on the self-assessment tab. Just so you know, it is confidential. There's no test results that you get back. It is a self-assessment. It helps you see and recognize uh, the different symptoms that you might be coping with. That's the point of it. You do have the opportunity to share with us your contact information. We're not going to come see you. We're not going to knock on your door, but we will reach out and let you know, hey, if you need help at some point in time, reach us ptsdusa.org this is road to hope we'll be right back with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky <gasps> No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it started out down a dirty for those of you in the Houston area, this Friday, January 19, 2018, Gringos, our friend, board member, supporter of PTSD Foundation of America, Mr. Russell Labara. Folks at Gringos are sponsoring the Red Not Chili Peppers. Those of you who are Red Hot Chili Peppers, this is a tribute band that will be taking place Friday night, 19th at the Redneck Country Club. All ticket proceeds and donations will be going directly to Camp Hope, so it's a great time. Uh, come out and enjoy a good Friday evening, some good music, some good folks, and support the efforts of what we are doing through Camp Hope and the PTSD Foundation of America. I want to talk a little bit about uh, what I'm going to use as a launching point, an article written by Adam Linen. And this is published on Task and Purpose. It's a blog that you can find. Just Google it, Task and Purpose. I believe it's taskandpurpose.com, but you can Google it and find it. The article is written by Adam Linen. It's This Is Your Brain on War. And he goes through a number of uh, scenarios basically comparing the psychology behind sports psychology and what they've drawn from it to bring into the combat scene. And uh, this has been going on for about the last year. A lot has been learned and they've found in the psychology world to be helpful with those in dealing and preparing for combat. So I'll, I'll pu pull up just a couple of comments here where he makes some some important points that I, I want to use again just as a launching point. But he talks about some of the folks he has interviewed from combat, which he claims to be thousands. He says, we end up in this situation where we have this initial response of euphoria. He's talking about of combat itself. Then the backlash into a feeling of guilt. They think, I killed that man and felt good about it. And he goes on to say, on a biological level, the midbrain, the puppy brain, as he describes, it doesn't feel remorse for having had to kill. But then the other brain, which is, he's speaking there, the front frontal lobe, the human brain that sits on top of it says, oh, I should feel guilty about this. Then there is this lifelong process of trying to rationalize that. But we can stop the whole thing right up front by letting them know it's okay to feel good about it. In other words, it's okay to feel you, you did your role. You protected your fellow soldiers or uh, Marines, whatever it happens to be, your fellow troops. You did your role in killing the enemy. So it's okay to feel that way. And where they're going with that and the thrust of the article really is – if we understand, if we train for the psychological portions of combat before they go into combat, then the responses from that can be mitigated. 
So I, I want to talk a little bit about that. Sam, I want to hear hear your perspective on that a little bit. He goes on to use this the uh, the metaphor of when you're a kid. How many times do you <laughs> touch the hot stove? Well, you touch it one time, right? Yep. You touch it one time, and then uh, you know better than to do it ever again. But someone trying to kill you in combat, of course, is vastly more traumatic. Article goes on, and as with the hot stove, the whole network of neurons is established, and unless you've been warned, you don't know what's there. Then when you hear a loud bang and your heart is pounding and you're grasping, uh, gasping for air, we warn people that the puppy may come home for a visit. We warn people that they might re-experience all the intensity, fear, uh, physiological arousal of the event. It can turn into PTSD if you don't deal with it properly. But by itself, it's not PTSD. It's normal, and it's okay, which that's an interesting way to go which, about that. Yeah, I don't – my jury's out on that. I do I do like the idea of, of hey, let's, let's preface this before it becomes a problem. You know, anything preventative for me is – is something that I can definitely get on board with, uh, or at least try. Uh, it would have been great to have had, and and you know, in that article that you're talking about, it, it talked about you know how your training takes over and how while you're in combat, those that didn't have adequate training freeze up, and those that did perform well, and how it related to sports and and what have you. You know, I, I think it's interesting. I think that we should definitely explore that more. But, you know, that anything preventative, and, and we work on that at Camp Hope as well. You know, we teach the classes that, hey, you're going to go out and you're going to go back into society and you're going to have face these scenarios that here's how you responded before, but now let's educate you about how you're feeling and, and about what you're doing and what's going on inside your brain and inside your body that, that you can identify before it happens, how you're feeling, and then, you know, hopefully mitigate that. So, you know, I, th- I think it's interesting, to say the least. Yeah, and I think the main thrust of that I agree with, where he talks about uh, really kind of in a form of preventing PTSD. Obviously, if you can do that, we would all love to see you do it. Right. Uh, I know MIT a few years ago was spending an awful lot of money trying to come up with basically an inoculation to it. Right. Uh, I don't think there's a way to do that other than you know because uh, you know, lobotomy. I don't really think how, how do you do that? I don't. I don't think you can can deprogram something that was wired into us, you know, three hundred thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. So you know, and unless they do, you know, gene therapy or something like that, you know, might be able to shut that off. I doubt it. Right. You know, so then, yeah. what are you creating by shutting that right, off? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Is that what you want running around society exactly. with that frontal lobe shut down? Right. Because uh, that's where you rationalize. And right. So, or, or at what point do you shut that down? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, do, do you want to do that? And is there an no. on, is there an on-off switch? You know, I think, and that that's another thing that we work on at Camp Hope is is the spiritual formation piece of of getting better. And and I mean, even the the VA has said that that those soldiers that latch on to some kind of faith system do much better and are much more resilient. So there's something to be said to that as well as, you know, let's let's look at the entire gamut of PTSD. Let's look at preventative, but let's also look at, at long-term care and let's look at spiritual formation and let's look at the holistic approach, holistic being fr- everything, the entire enchilada. 
and and that's what has worked for me you know i've i've been working a program for about six years now to where i haven't been i haven't had a major episode but i think you know for me it's it's all about recognizing where i'm at and what's going on and and being aware of my situational awareness to the point to where i can notice my triggers and i can shut down those parts of of me that that want to react to that but that takes a lot of work and and that's what we do at camp hope is we teach men how to work towards being a better them well and one of the modes well the pr- predominant mode that we use is peer to peer right so he he talks about talking uh, and I want to talk, share part of this quote, then I want you guys to chime in because you guys are the ones that are doing this on both sides of that discussion, both sides of that table. He says, many combat vets have a tendency to avoid talking about war, or when they do, they speak of it in vague or dismissive terms. That's natural. The brain simply doesn't like revisiting traumatic events, but attempting to bury those hard memories only gives them strength. Quote, you will leave. Uh, you will literally drive yourself crazy trying not to think about it. He says you will literally drive yourself down the path of mental illness. You've got to make peace with the memory. You've got to separate the memory of the event with the emotions associated with it. Now, in our peer-to-peer world, what does that mean to you? What do you agree with what he's saying there? Do you, chime in i i absolutely agree um there's a a page in the combat trauma healing manual that says if you don't deal with the emotions the emotions are dealing with you anyway so and and that's essentially what he's saying there If, if we don't address our problems they're not going away we're just not addressing them and whether we like it or not they still have a consequence on what we're doing and and how we do things uh and i i I, that's what I do on a daily basis when I'm answering phone calls or emails or a vet calls me and needs some help. I'm trying to push them towards recognizing that they have to deal with this, you know, without alcohol or drugs or, you know, something else that makes you feel different. You need to try to figure out a way to process that. And for our purposes, I try to get them to go to Camp Hope because it helps in that process. It starts that process. It's not the end all be all. But it gives you that program of this is how I'm going to do it, and this is how I have to do it for every day. Every day is key, and we'll we'll continue this discussion. I want to hear from you a little bit on that when we come back from this break. But if you're a vet that's struggling, you feel some of these same kind of emotions, these same feelings of guilt, our crisis line number is 877-717-7873. That's 877-717-7873. 7873. We'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to Road to Hope Radio, we we serve our military, our veterans, their families, and those who care about our military and veterans. It's easy to put that, you know, I support the troops on your bumper sticker. But what does that mean? How do you support the troops? What is it that you actually do to show your support? What is it? How engaged do you stay in the process of how our veterans are treated? how uh, they are served after coming home, how they are equipped when they go to war. Do you pay attention to those things? So it's one thing to say you support the troops. It's another thing to actually do it. It takes some time. It takes some energy. Stay invested. Stay involved. Stay educated. This show can help you do that. certainly can help in understanding the role of PTSD and what's going on with our military and veterans as they transition home. We're talking about the whole concept of, from this article, This Is Your Brain on War by Adam Leinen, this process of understanding and separating the emotion from the traumatic event, the memory of that, and not allowing that memory to control you, that emotion attached to that trauma from controlling you. You've been at Camp Hope for three months? Uh, Yes, sir. Three months. Uh, does that make sense to you as you hear that from that article? Is it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can side with David on that. Uh, uh, definitely. Uh, I, I've learned so much at Camp Hope on how to deal with the emotions, uh, especially an emotional emo rig. That's a uh, one of the classes that's helped me get through all this um, and learn how to cope with these uh, emotions. Um, so let's let's pick one. Let's take. Uh, I, I, we don't need to get into your trauma or what actually happened in combat. Everybody's got their own, but it's some similarities. So you, your traumatic event or events, uh, the emotion, pick one of the emotions that you were dealing with. It might be anger or whatever it may happen to be. I don't know what you want to talk about, but pick one and talk about how you learn to process that, work through that. Okay. Yeah, definitely uh, anger was one of them uh, that I had to deal with. Um, uh, struggled with uh, just getting angry on on the streets, you know, uh, dealing with that in Iraq, dealing on convoys and having to be alert at all times, uh, dealing with traffic in Iraq, you know, uh, 
on MSR Tampa was one of the main ones. Uh, and then coming back, back here in the States, you know, having to deal with drivers here in Houston, you know, uh, to me it was no difference, but it really, it really uh, got to me and it would just anger me. Uh, I would expect them to understand, like, get out of my way. What are you doing so close to my vehicle? You know, or, or just that, that, that road rage, you know, and I didn't have a way of, uh, I didn't have any coping skills on how to handle that. So that's, I learned how to control that. Uh, anger. So clearly, yeah, so clearly how you can deal with that in combat is completely different than how you can handle that in 100%. Houston, Texas on 610. 100%. <laughs> okay. Sam, so jail. I'm sure you had anger issues, oh, right? Yeah, you so, so, <laughs> <laughs> so what, are, what have you learned about how you handle those? Because there's, you can't keep things well, from making I've, you angry. Right, but I've learned that, and, and I use a different, a, a little different approach. I've learned that anger is just an outward expression of something that's going on in my soul that isn't sitting right. And and I, I use anger in a, in a way that today my anger is actually healthy. I get healthy anger, and that tells me, it talks to me, and it tells me, hey, there's something else going on. What's going on? And so what I've learned over the last six and a half, seven years is that if I use the five whys and ask myself those those why questions all the way down, all right, why did this make me angry? Well, this made me angry because so-and-so said something to me. Well, what did so-and-so say to, to me that made me angry? Well, he said that, you know, this. Well, why did that make me angry? And I can I can ask myself back down to, well, you know, I'm disappointed this week because of – you know, something that happened with my children or something that happened, you know, with the VA. Um, you know, the the last time that I got angry is I got a letter in the mail from the VA saying that they were going to take away my pay back to 2008 because of this paper that I didn't sign and turn in that they had sent to me. Well, I never got the paper. So, you know, because if they send me something, I usually send it right back. And so I was really angry. And then I started Ask myself why I was angry, and but back before that, before Camp Hope and before all, all all of my program work, I used to just get angry about everything. He was talking about traffic, you know. There there were a few times when I came home that I got stuck in traffic that I just, I, oh, it was horrible. And and people, what we used to call and we still do, uh, we call them stupid people resentments. And what it is is the world doesn't work like the military works. We're used to structure and a lane, and we have a mission. And when you get out and you and you, you know, matriculate back into society, you, we get frustrated because nothing works the way it's supposed to work. Well, it works the way it's supposed to work. We're just not programmed that way. So we have to notice and and start taking accountability for. Hey, we need to change ourselves. Not the world needs to change to fit our mold. We need to change our mold to fit the world. And that's what Camp Hope helps with. All right, so as this article comes to a close, again, this is by Leo, or no, this is by uh, Adam Lyon. I'm going to go to an article by Leo Shane here in a minute. He kind of talks about the the end of it all. As you're coming home, the heels of combat deployment, he says, many, if not most soldiers, develop a deeper appreciation for the relative calm and comfort of civilian life. The thought of having to go back over there is almost unbearable, but that's not always the case. Some soldiers, even those who've experienced the worst of combat, find themselves missing the battlefield. According to Grossman, there's nothing unusual about that. 
quote, you tap into the primordial model of the sheepdog, and there are people who continue to seek that, and there's no shame in it, he says. I knew a guy who served several tours in Vietnam. He said it was the greatest experience of his life. And that's shocking to some to hear that, especially from Vietnam-era guys. But that was his belief. Best moments of his life. He said, aside from a few exceptions, nobody was forced to go back to Vietnam a second time. They went because they wanted to, because it was the high point in their life. There's nothing wrong with that. We need these people, and they need to be able to be proud of who they are and what they did. So let's let's finish this out by talking about <laughs> the you know there's a disconnect obviously right. between the civilian and the veteran, right? Right. The civilian comes up and they see a veteran and, and at least in our part of the world, our part of the country, our part of Texas, civilians want to reach out and say you say you wear a, a you know an Iraq a veteran cap, let's say, or a Vietnam veteran cap. People want to reach out and shake your hand and say thank you for your service. And not everybody in the service appreciates hearing that because if they think if you knew what I did, you wouldn't be telling me thank you. So there's a lot going on there. But from your perspective, guys, and just chime on in, what's the best way for that civilian person who's just trying to express gratitude that you, you signed up, you put the uniform on, you went and did what they didn't want to do, or couldn't do, what's the best way for them to show, hey, we're proud of you? And you may not be proud of everything that you did, said, saw, but we're proud that you fulfilled the role. Vote conservative. <laughs> we had to go political. Yeah, we, did. we had to go political. Anybody else have something that's uh, for, not? For me personally, I do enjoy when people shake my hand and look me in the eyes and you know say thank you, and I can tell that they mean it. I think that's the key to that. Right. From what I've heard is that it's not just the 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 nonchalant, flippant, thank you for your service. I don't know what else to say, so right. I'm going to say that. But right. go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. And, uh, you know, just this year, you know, for the second year in a row, we uh, did the Veterans Day Parade. And, and you know, Jonesboro's 70,000 people, not Houston by any stretch of the mind, but the amount of people that were there waving American flags, you know, and and – waving and shouting and everything as you know the JROTC walked by and as we walked by and people are like well I wonder what that is and we're handing out pamphlets and cards and you know I'm wearing my hat and the shirt and my Iraq war hat and you know Gary's wearing his Iraqi freedom hat marine hat whatever you know which one he's wearing and the just the sincerity of the look in their eyes and the way you know like man do you know, it's almost like they look at us like a superhero. Man, these guys did something. And there's no other way to repay it back right. other than saying thank you. And you said something earlier that Gary and I often talk about. Everybody wants to help a vet, but nobody wants to help a vet. You know, oh, I help vets. I help vets. I want to help vets. Well, here's a vet that needs help. And they don't know what to do. They're just like, uh, what do well, we do? Well, and that's the the packaged idea. And right. we're, we're going to have to go to a break, but we'll, we'll come back and want to follow up on that let you complete that thought but that's the whole idea well if i do a nice little care package and i put it in a box and sign it off to somebody and ship it overseas then i feel like i've done something and yes you have right but what a, you know it takes a little more than that i'll take to really you help. Know, I, David, so we gotta go but we, we'll come right back and we'll pick back up on that subject because i think it's an important one this is road to hope radio 
back to Road to Hope Radio, roadtohoperadio.com. You can communicate with us in an email to david at roadtohoperadio.com. We'd like to hear your comments, your questions. In fact, there's one I hope we get to here. <laughs> uh, time is running out so quickly. Uh, this past week, President Trump signed an executive order. Leo Shane wrote about it in Military Times. In an effort to stem the tide of veteran suicides, President Donald Trump on Tuesday signed an executive order mandating new mental health options for recently separated service members. Federal officials estimate about 20 veterans a day nationwide take their own lives. Many outside vet advocates say they believe the number could be higher. The Department of Veterans Affairs and Defense have launched numerous initiatives in recent years to increase outreach to at-risk veterans with mixed results. I bring it up because we get asked the question a lot. And when things like this get done, folks, what do you think about, you know, this or that that the legislature did? In this case, it's an executive order for the Department of Defense, Homeland Security, and the VA to work together to come up with a better plan, a seamless plan for mental health care for our vets as they transition out of the military in that first six months or even up to the first year in that transition process. Well, what do you think about that? And well, I think as an organization, we we say we would say this: we applaud what is trying to be done here. We do, and even just the conversation that is birthed from something like this is healthy. It's good to bring it back to the people's mindset, put it back on the radar that we have an issue with mental health and our veterans and those coming out of the military. With that said. We also very firmly believe that NGOs, non-government organizations, nonprofits such as ours are the much more efficient and much more effective way of coping with issues such as PTSD. Now, that's not to say we don't need the VA or anything like that. That's not our point. We're just saying nonprofits, non-governmental organizations, those who are not clamped down by the bureaucracy of it all are much more efficient and much more effective. Still, we applaud the president for what he was doing there. As we were going into that break, we were talking about that disconnect between veterans and the civilian and how does you know the veteran perceive the civilian's expressions of per- appreciation, gratitude. And you were talking about just the sincerity of it. You want to finish that thought, David? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, as we were kind of mentioning off air just a second ago, the just the old oh thank you thank you for your service and just kind of nonchalant and walking off you know if you somebody stands there and shakes my hand and looks me in the eyes and you know maybe touches my shoulder and says thank you for your service like that that's really good and then talking about how to help and and going with these va efforts to get into the community i'm working hand in hand in arkansas with some of these va programs that are trying to get into the community because that's where the veterans are unfortunately the veterans are not seeking out the va because it has such a bad stigma they're not like walking up going boy this is really going to help me now so i'm working with 
partnerships, clergy and VA partnerships in the community. We're part of several groups in Arkansas, and those are very easy to join. Anybody can join those. It doesn't have to be, you know, clergy. If you're a veteran organization or just have the heart to help veterans and don't know what to do, try to find one of these organizations. And again, I'm speaking for Arkansas, and I do know they're kind of going nationwide as well. But that that's what I would encourage people to do. Okay. From your perspective, resident at Camp Hope and, you know, the darkness that you were experiencing prior to that, then coming to Camp Hope, seeing dramatic change in, in the way you look at the world and see the world and dealing with things, the veteran or the civilian community and their uh, efforts, sometimes feeble, sometimes pretty powerful, w- what have you seen that's connected with you? A big thing that uh, I'm able to recognize just being a resident at Camp Hope is uh, – is uh, the gratitude, them showing gratitude by just donations, uh, showing up in their own vehicle to deliver food, uh, you know, all your kitchen supplies, bathroom supplies, you name it. Uh, I'm also on the fast team, so I get a get interaction with them, and they're they're always very thankful for us, and we're very thankful for them and their uh, generosity and all that. Pretty powerful to see that. We were uh, on, uh, let's see, this past Wednesday, we were giving a tour to some folks from a, a local company, and while we were touring them through the complex, a few folks drove up in a vehicle. I have no idea who they were, but uh, they popped the trunk and they got boxes of blankets. They've got boxes of canned goods, just all, you know, a, a pretty wide variety of things, items that they brought. We didn't know who they were. Nope. But, I mean, we found out before they left, you know, so we could <laughs> write them a thank you letter and all that. But, uh, It's just powerful because you never know where these are coming from. You never know why. You never know when. You never know what. But it's just people that hear and care, and this is what they do. And they show up, and they bring four or five loaves of bread and six or seven dozen eggs and some gallons of milk, and that's their way of saying, man, it's more than a bumper sticker for me. Yeah, it is. But you can also bring pie because I'm (laughs) all about some pie. We we mentioned our website. We love to hear – from our listeners and from veterans, veterans' families across the country, those who are still serving around the world, we uh, uh, let's see, uh, get this right, roadtohoperadio.com. There's a form there. You can email me directly, david, at roadtohoperadio.com. I want to touch on an email we got this week, dipping into the mailbox here. This is from guy says, I am an Army vet from the Vietnam War, diagnosed with PTSD. And he very simply asked, what does your program offer? You know, I, I got that email as well, and, and I answered him back. And and depending on, you know, paperwork and, and what have you, we, we do have a vetting process. As soon as we uh, go through your paperwork and, and you, we find out that you're eligible, we have a lot of different options for the veteran. We do do an outpatient. Uh, I hate to say outpatient. It's more of a you live off campus and you come to campus every day. For the for those people that have to work, we can work a tailored program for you to where you can come in, you know, on your days off and you can go through the classes and, and you can hang out with the guys. Uh, that's on a case-by-case basis. We also have a six-month residential program where you come and you live um, and you get your healing that way. You go to your different program classes. We do NAAA for those of us who struggle with addictions. We also have Celebrate Recovery, and we also go to the refuge, and they do our licensed professional counseling, drug and alcohol counseling. 
and and we have all that encompassed into also we do recreational therapy as well um, we also after after you get through your phases in the program you will go on to yellow and green phase where green phase will help you with your resume writing your professional development and your life after camp hope we'll find you a vehicle if you need help finding a vehicle and we can also help you find a job as well and then we also have support group meetings all over town throughout the week we have one in in on Tuesday nights at Camp Hope and also in the Woodlands at the United Methodist Church on Lake Woodlands Drive at 7 p.m. We meet there. On Wednesday, we meet in Pearland at the VFW at 7 p.m. And then on Thursdays, we have another meeting at Camp Hope where we also do family group meeting and a spousal group meeting. And we serve dinner before on Thursday night at 6 p.m. So we have a lot of different options. And if you live uh, in one of the out cities, throughout the United States. We also have uh, outreach programs there as well. And that is the, that, that's what we offer. I, I would add this, that's, the, that's what he was looking for. What do we do? What's the, he wanted the nuts and bolts. I'm gonna give a bigger picture. We have guys that come into us from all across the country. Typically by the time they come to us, they've been in a pretty dark spot. Some of them have even already gone through the process of attempting to, to take their own life. They've been a very dark place, place feeling of no hope, no purpose left in their life. Uh, no one cares. Uh, the world, the family, the friends would all be better off if we weren't in, in it anymore. And that's where they're at. And they, just, they, they get to that place where there's no more purpose. Uh, there's no more hope for me. And somehow, some way, they, they get to us. And they go through the program. And a year later... They're answering the crisis line call from another vet who was in the position that the guy answering the phone was in a year ago. And it's so powerful when he's able to say, I'm, I'm, I was exactly where you are, where you are right now. I was there a year ago today, felt the exact same way you feel. And now here I am answering the phone. You don't think there's any purpose. You don't think there's any hope a year from now. You might be answering a call from someone in crisis that thinks there's no hope. There is hope. There is purpose. You can find it. Road to Hope Radio.com. The website for the PTSD Foundation is PTSDUSA.org. Crisis line is answered by Combat Vet 24 7. That's 877-717-7873. 877-717-7873. There is hope. There are people that do care. There are people that understand it takes more than a bumper sticker to support our troops and our veterans. Thank you for joining us. Big shout out. Thank you to our friends at Jimmy Chongos. I think I'm going to go get a taco. Queso. 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 Taco. It's a queso. Taco sounds good. Thanks for spending an hour with us. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.